Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl, And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. Rick, we've got a special guest today. We will be talking to one of those people that has been advising the President of the United States on legal matters related to the special counsel. And it comes at uh, in an interesting time to have an interview like this because we know the president um, has been musing openly about potentially firing uh, Rod Rosenstein, who oversees the special counsel, or Mueller himself, the special counsel, or maybe even his attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Uh, it comes just days after the president's own private attorney had his office raided by information that we understand was passed on by the special counsels to the Southern District of New York. And it comes on the eve of the much anticipated re- release of the book by James Comey that is coming in just a few days, and you have to think the White House and the president are going to be watching every moment of that interview with George Stephanopoulos on Sunday and and wondering how the president might react. I think much of the world will be watching that interview uh, on Sunday, and certainly it is of keen interest here uh, at the White House. It's Joe DeGeneva who we'll be talking to. Joe uh, was uh, briefly uh, headed to the uh, White House legal team, uh, to the president's personal legal team. And uh, and then uh, suddenly that did not happen. But he is still, we understand, talking to the president. And uh, I got to say, Rick, it's uh, it's going to be good to talking to Joe here in just a moment, because I don't know that he's done any interviews outside of a few on Fox News uh, on on any of this stuff. Uh, yeah, and we know that that he is talking to the president. He tells us that he's talking to the president on a, on a semi regular basis. Uh, you know, just just yesterday we talked to Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, who told us he is also talking to the president on, on, a, on a fairly regular basis, and has been telling him it would be a huge mistake to to go fire people or, or up and around this investigation. That seems to be the 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 predominant uh, public advice that the president is hearing. But even Christie could ha- had to say, well, no one knows if he's going to do it or not because he's just that unpredictable. And we know that he's hearing from others. Uh, and if he's watching cable news on uh, unfold and a lot of a lot of talk radio, he's finding lots of reasons that he might want to go on a firing spree. Two data points on this. One, I am struck by uh, conversations I have had with close advisors to the president, both inside and outside of the White House, who tell me that they are confident that the president will not fire Mueller. Um, the confidence is interesting because if you listen to the president's public musing, he doesn't sound like a guy that that, that uh, uh, is t- definitely not going to fire him. But that is the that is what I'm hearing privately. On the other hand, second data point, I asked Sarah Huckabee Sanders directly about this uh, in the White House briefing, and you know, I asked you know, uh, does the president believe he has? the power to fire Mueller, and she said he certainly believes he does. And others in the briefing room uh, asked if, if that was, if he intended to uh, to fire him or if that was under serious consideration. And that's a question that's been asked before, and the answer from the White House podium has always been, um, you know, the president has no intention to fire him. Now the answer from Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, asked uh, in a couple different ways, the answer was that she has no personnel announcements to announce to <laughs> to make uh, uh, far less definitive. And I also uh, would have to say that uh, Rod Rosenstein, who is of course the Deputy Attorney General and the person that named the special counsel and who the special counsel reports to because of the Sessions recusal, um, you know he is. Did you hear that? That's I did. It sounds important. <laughs> it sounds like we're actually at the White House here. Um, that that was a White House uh, a pull announcement. But um, 
you know, Rod Rosenstein is very much in the line of fire here, and I, I think that that if you were uh, to to poll people close to the president, familiar with the president's thinking, um, they would be much less confident in predicting um, Rosenstein's job security. And what a remarkable moment that would be. Rod Rosenstein, of course, was the author of the memo that the president, we learned later, ordered up to justify James Comey's firing uh, a little less than a year ago on the eve of the book release for the guy who said you should fire Comey to himself be fired, the guy who named Bob Mueller as the special counsel to be fired. That would be a titanic moment. Uh, Rod Rosenstein isn't nearly as high profile as James Comey or Bob Mueller, but it's a name that everyone in Washington is very familiar with, and the consequences, I think, would be pretty stark and pretty vast. So we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be joined by Joe DeGeneva. Brought to you by Indeed. Used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. There's a lot coming at you right now. Turmoil, tweets, an insane amount of chatter. I'm Brad Milkey with ABC News, and I'm here to throw you a lifeline. It's a new podcast called Start Here, where our experts give you on-the-ground access to the biggest stories of the day. We're going to give you some context, some clarity among the chaos. 20 minutes every weekday. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and start here. Welcome back to Powerhouse Politics. Let's get right to our guest. Joe DeGeneva is a former U.S. attorney, a former independent counsel, a longtime uh, Republican legal mind operator, legal operator, uh, somebody who knows this town well, somebody who has known the president for a long time, since long before he was, uh, was president. So Joe DeGeneva, let's get right to the big question. Is President Trump going to fire the special counsel? First of all, I have not discussed that with the president, but if I were, uh, I would certainly recommend that he not do that. Uh, It would serve no purpose at this point. Whatever damage Mr. Mueller has done uh, in in what I believe to be uh, an irresponsible way has already been done. Uh, I include in that the raid on the office of the attorney Cohen in New York yesterday, which was an abomination. Uh, I consider it unethical and unprofessional, and there was absolutely no justification for it. But I think it was done for one reason only, and Mr. Mueller was a part of it, as was Mr. Rosenstein. It was done as a pure act of intimidation to frighten people, to intimidate people. It's what in the 1960s, when the Justice Department was conducting grand juries of anti-war protesters, they called and used what they called an interrorum grand jury, a grand jury which was used to terrorize Uh, anti-war demonstrators by forcing them to come all the way across the country to testify in a grand jury in Washington, D.C. What Mr. Mueller and Mr. Rosenstein did yesterday was an interorum act, and it's beyond irresponsible. Well, let me... I want, I want to get to that, but but back on this question of of firing Mueller. So you mm-hmm. don't think he should? You don't think he will? No, I don't. Does he have the power to do oh, so? Oh, absolutely. Uh, do, does he have the power to order somebody to fire him, or does he have the power him unilaterally to fire him? He has both powers. He has the power to order Rosenstein to fire Mueller, and he has the power to fire him on its own. The President of the United States is the executive branch. Under Article 2, all power in the executive branch rests in the president. It's called the unitary theory of the executive branch. It's widely regarded to be the theory of executive power. No regulation and no law can strip from the president 
the power and the right to dismiss an executive branch official. For example, if Congress were to pass a law saying that an FBI director could only be fired if a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals said he could, that would be clearly unconstitutional. This regulation, which is can be reversed in a New York minute by the current acting deputy or attorney general, is nothing more than a process. It does not strip from the president and cannot strip from the president his constitutional power to fire executive branch officials. And while Mr. Mueller may seem like some people to be a king, he is not. He is a servant of the executive branch, and he can be fired by the president. But but if I can just follow up, let me, let me just try to understand. So he has the power to fire him. You think that Mueller has acted well beyond his bounds. He has acted irresponsibly. I, I don't think there's any question he has acted unethically irresponsibly. He has violated Justice Department rules by uh, various, various things he's done, including the raid on Paul Manafort's home in the wee small hours, uh, finding Mr. Manafort and his wife nude in bed. That also was done for one reason and one reason only, to terrorize them. Of course, it didn't work. Okay, so he has the power to fire him. He has the reason to fire him. I don't understand why you're saying he shouldn't fire him. Because the politics of it at this point are not manageable. Uh, The president has enough on his hands, as the American people well know. He has Syria. He has North Korea. He has China. um, He has to try to manage a booming economy. He has trade problems, and he's handling those very well. So So the point is, what will be served? If Mueller is fired and... Rosenstein is not. Rosenstein will appoint someone else. And since Rosenstein is an anti-Trumper to his core, this is fairly obvious from everything that he's done, especially by authorizing the raid of the lawyer's office in New York, he will appoint someone similar to or worse than Mueller. So So besides that, it's it's all underway. And Mueller is, is apparently drafting a report. And apparently the only reason he wants to interview the president is not for testimony before a grand jury, but for his report that he's going to file with Rosenstein, and he's going to ask that Rosenstein file that report with the House of Representatives. So should he fire Rosenstein? Oh, I would fire Rosenstein in a New York minute without any question. I think he's disloyal. I think he's been, I think he's acted irresponsibly. I think he has an animus toward the President of the United States. And I I don't think there's any question that Rosenstein um, is, is not conducting the office in a manner in which it should be. Rosenstein authorized the, what I consider to be an unconstitutional search of Mr. Cohen's office in New York. It was an outrageous breach of uh, protocol uh, and Justice Department ethics and rules and regulations. Yes, I would fire Rod Rosenstein without a doubt. Can you clarify for us exactly what happened with the circumstances of your almost hiring by the president and then the decision not to do it? What exactly went down and it, how close were you to actually working for President Trump? It was very simple. Uh, Our law firm had represented three individuals before the special counsel's office, all of whom were not targets or subjects. They were just witnesses. Mark Carallo. Uh, I'm not going to mention the names of everybody else because it's not public. And to my knowledge, I don't want to mention somebody's name who Mm -hmm. hasn't done anything wrong. Uh, And there was no problem. Everybody waived their conflicts. However, there were some people in the White House who understandably said, look, we don't want to deal with all the nonsense around you represented three witnesses, you're now representing the president, it looks like collusion, and everybody, we all agreed, not worth the aggravation. We'll hang around and talk to you behind the scenes. Delighted to do it, and we have done so. We've spoken to the president regularly. And he's about to get a new lawyer. He's about to get a new lawyer. Some news here. Who are we talking about? Well, I'm not at liberty to disclose that. How soon is this? I would assume it'll happen certainly by the first part of next week. 
Really? Yeah, is, you, you think it's a good hire? I do. I do. I support it wholeheartedly. Will this be a signal of, of how aggressive uh, he's going to be now? Is he? No. I don't, I don't think yeah. so. I think the president is well within his bounds to be as aggressive or non-aggressive. He, the president, by the way, up until this point, has produced in excess of 1.3 million documents, has allowed all of the people in the White House to testify without claiming privileges. And for that, and for that he's been treated like a street criminal. And I, un, I understand that Jim Comey calls him in an interview with another network a mob boss. The real mob boss here is the dirty cop who used to run the FBI, and that's James Comey. He's the mob boss. What is your analysis of the legal advice the president has gotten and taken so far? If he's here, we, we understand he's still been talking to the special counsel's office about potentially sitting down, although maybe that's a little less likely. Should he, should he, should he talk to Bob Mueller, and what, is, he, is he well served right now with his team of attorneys? I think the president has been very well served by the attorneys that he's had, John Dowd, Jay Sekulow, uh, all the people Ty up Cobb. Now, Ty Cobb especially. Ty, Ty's a great guy. I've known Ty for f- more than 40 years. Uh, very, very good lawyers. And look, um, they have been representing the president in a most difficult situation where uh, someone was appointed to be special counsel who under the law never should have been appointed. There was no crime. There's no crime mentioned in the appointment papers. Uh, the papers allow them to roam aimlessly throughout the country, finding people who had a relationship with the president and may have had a relationship to the Russians. Let me give you an example. If, a, if an Iowa farmer selling pork to Russia through our agricultural program, through the Department of Agriculture, was a chairman of a Trump committee in his county, he is subject to the outlines of that idiotic appointment memo because he had relationship with the Russians through his pork sales to Moscow. What Rod Rosenstein did was deprive the president of 15 months of his presidency for no reason. Rosenstein did it for one reason. Rosenstein is an empty suit. He's just like Chris Ray. They are typical George W. Bush empty suits. They, don't, they step on people below them. The only thing they care about is their next job. They could care less about this president. What they care about is their next job. Example, Rosenstein serves Republican administration, his Democratic administration. Now, why does he do What's his career goal? He wants to be a federal judge. He better put that one on the back burner. Should uh, the president fire Ray? You mentioned Ray. I would have never hired Ray for the very reason that he is. Well, I give you an ex- interesting example of why he should not have hired Chris Ray. There's two reasons: how he offered to resign during the famous Ashcroft's Comey hospital dispute. Chris Ray, like a little bunny rabbit, when he was assistant attorney general for the criminal division under George W. Bush, under Ashcroft, ran down the hallway after that famous confrontation at the hospital, came up to Comey and Mueller and said. Let me know if you're going to resign. I'd like to go with you. Well, if, if you want to resign, resign on your own. What do you need, two guys for cover? I mean, he was like a little child, you know, like running around with uh, his short pants on. And the truth is about Ray is he's a classic career climber. Uh, he avoids conflict. Best example, Parkland shooting. Remember the school? Okay, FBI. Two big misses in that case where they could have stopped Absolutely. the shooting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, what does right. Ray do? Yeah. What, he disappears. He's like a kid on a milk carton. He disappears. He's nowhere to be found. And he sends out the new acting deputy director, some guy named Bauchik, that nobody has seen since, to explain the errors. Now, 
What kind of an FBI director, when the agency in, is in crisis, disappears? Chris Ray is on vacation while he's on the job. So the answer is, I would have never hired Ray, but if I had my opportunity, I would fire him and Rosenstein on the same day. Should the president cooperate with Mueller in terms of a, in terms of a discussion, and an interview? He has said that he wants to do it. He said he's looking forward to it. Bottom line, should President Trump sit down with Bob Mueller? Under the, oath. The president of the United States... Uh, well, no, he'll get the same interview that Hillary Clinton got. Not he said oath. he said he wants to do it under oath. Yeah. He said Here, here's the oath. answer. Bob Mueller has told the president that he is not a target. Okay? Bob Mueller has also, through his public actions, indicated that there is no Russian collusion. In, not in any of the 19 charges that have been filed is there any mention of a conspiracy involving anybody in the Trump campaign, especially the president, colluding with the Russians to undermine the American election. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two... It is obvious as a result of the raid on Mr. Cohen's office in New York that Mueller and everyone else involved in this case is acting in bad faith. You do not allow your client to be interviewed by a prosecutor who is acting in bad faith. Mr. Mueller is acting in bad faith. This is a perjury trap. He has no evidence against the president. He wants to interview the president for one reason. Possible perjury trap, but under the Constitution, he cannot indict the president of the United States. And so, therefore, the only other reason is he wants to get president's answers on record to include in his report, which he will send to Mr. Rosenstein, and he will suggest to Mr. Rosenstein should be sent to the House. And of so course, Mr. Rosenstein will send it to the House. Right, but, but wouldn't, wouldn't the president want his side of the story told in that report? <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that is the president's side is already out there. Mr. Mueller knows what it is. He has no evidence whatsoever against this president. And here's the other thing. This is the president of the United States. This is not some street urchin. This is not some guy selling falafel out of a cart. This is the president of the United States. Mueller wants to waste his time with a, 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 a nothing interview about, Mr. President, when you fired Mr. Comey, what were you thinking? Mr. President, when you fired General Flynn, what were you thinking? Answer, Mr. Mueller, none of your GD business. I'm the President of the United States, Article 2. I can fire anybody I want to, and it's none of your business what I was thinking or why I did it. So we saw a little window into the president's mindset toward these legal maneuverings the other night. Uh, he, he had gathered his military leaders. They were at a meeting to discuss possible options in responding to Syria. And he went off uh, unprompted for about eight minutes uh, attacking uh, Mueller, attacking yeah. Rosenstein. Uh, Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions yeah. by name as yeah. well. Yes. Uh, he, he also said that the, that raid was a disgrace, an attack on our country and everything we uh-huh. believe in. You, do you, first of all, do you think it's wise of the president to be talking like that publicly? What does that gain? And, and is it, is it, does it jive with your view of this that actually our country is under attack when uh, a, a, a search warrant is executed that goes through all of the proper judicial channels in the Southern District of New York? First of all, uh, let me just say that I agree with everything that the president said. Number one, I agree with everything that he said. Now, should we think about what happened in New York any other way than it was an abusive process and designed to intimidate people. You will look through the annals of search warrants across the country and you will find no such example of a search warrant being issued in a case where the main question is, was a $130,000 payment made to a woman Uh, and illegal campaign contributions. Those are settled by fines at the Federal Election Commission. This was a purposeful abuse of power by Rod Rosenstein, who personally approved the search of the lawyer's office. Absolutely outrageous. The president is absolutely right. And let me say, say this. 
The president is not a politician. That's fairly obvious. No politician would do and say the things that he had done about this case. But he is an innocent man. He is being, his presidency is being assaulted by an illegally appointed prosecutor and by a deputy attorney general who has become a thug. Rosenstein has become a thug. All of this quiet stuff at the news conferences, he and Chris Way whispering at all of their nostrums at news conferences. The president is being abused by people with constitutional authority, and it's an outrage. And I absolutely understand why the president's doing what he's doing. And you know who else understands it? The American people. His numbers are going up for one reason. He's under attack, and they know it isn't fair. Nick Rosenstein's still going to be on the job next week? I have no idea whether he is or he isn't. He, he's welcome to the job. I mean, I think, I'm sure if he left, he'd be feted by the Hillary Clinton law firms. I'm sure he'd get a job in a New York minute. They'd hire him. He'd be a god. You know, he'd go around making speeches with Eric Holder, and, you know, probably he'd get involved in litigation against the administration. Rosenstein is a thug. He's an absolute thug, and he's become one. And that raid of that office in New York demonstrates categorically that this is an interorum use of law enforcement against an innocent man against whom there was no evidence of any crime. The special counsel said he's not a target. Then what the hell are we doing all this for? Why did Berman... Why was Berman recused? Because he was a campaign worker. He was one of the President Trump's first supporters in New York, a public supporter of the president. And I guess he felt um, that... He should recuse himself. I don't know that I would have recused myself. Sessions' right to recuse himself? Oh, uh, Jeff Sessions had no choice but to recuse himself under the regulations. Some people differ on that because they said it's a different statute, it's this, it's that. I, I don't think Jeff had a choice. He was a visible person in the campaign. He was the first senator to support Trump. But I also think he never should have accepted the nomination to be attorney general. I think he let the president down terribly. I think the president's feelings about this are absolutely correct. I love Jeff. We were U.S. attorneys together in the Reagan administration. I visited him in Birmingham, Alabama when I was U.S. attorney. Um, the problem with Jeff is, you know, when you've been a senator that long, you got to know how to manage stuff. And running a big agency is not a good job for a senator. I don't care what anybody says. I wouldn't name senators to anything. I mean, they're total losers when it comes to management. Jeff is a very nice man. He's decent. He's honorable. But make no mistake about it, he has let this president down terribly. Question from your perspective as someone who's been around Washington for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I'm a swamper. There you go. You're a swamper. <laughs> certified swamper. I'm definitely a swamper. Some might say I'm a gator. <laughs> <laughs> you live here. So in your view, is what you're seeing play out, is this uh, – bumbling incompetence is it deep state it, what are we seeing happen with this what you view as a as a as a miscarriage of justice because I, I think from the perspective that i think a lot of people look at this this is the president's department of justice these are his people he named his attorney general who made the decision to recuse he decided to elevate rod rosenstein to this position all of these events this is all happening with his people in place his justice department why in your view has justice gone off the rails inside the president's own justice department that is that is a very good question and it's the kind of question that people out there ask all the time and here here's some of the reasons the president is not of this town he's a new yorker He's, he's a businessman. He's not a politician. So he relied on people around him during transition or the other to select the right people. The Bush people controlled the Department of Justice transition team. And to say that they mucked it up with their own is, it, I mean, you couldn't clean out this stable. 
it's impossible to clean out the horse manure that's in the stable that the Bush people created at the Justice Department. So the president relied on good people, and the good people let him down. And he ends up with Rod Rosenstein and Chris Ray, two Bush acolytes who are empty suits, just totally empty suits. And yet they have all this power. So the answer is the president uh, was let down by people around him who should have. Now, with regard to the investigation itself, let me say this, especially to the Washington Post and the New York Times, who wrote when, when my wife and I were being considered to be counsel for the president, that, that I was known for trading in conspiracy theories about an effort to get the president. I, I want to say this to the clowns at the Washington Post and the New York Times. I've been a U.S. attorney, an independent counsel. I've been a House special counsel to the House of Representatives to investigate the Teamsters Union successfully. Uh, an assistant United States attorney, uh, and, and done a 45 years practicing law. Crime has a cadence. It has a sound. You know it when you see it. When you look at the Russian collusion BS, it's fairly obvious there's no cadence, there's no crime, there's no collusion, there's nothing. It's crickets. When you look at the brazen plot that was set upon during the campaign to exonerate Hillary Clinton illegally, any sentient being who thinks that Comey and the people at the upper echelon of the FBI and DOJ didn't throw that case like a bunch of dirty cops doesn't know what they're talking about. I've put people in jail for espionage, drug dealing, terrorism. I've traveled throughout the Middle East to find terrorists. I went to Israel to bring back an American spy. Bottom line is this. There's so much evidence that they wanted to exonerate Hillary Clinton that it's an embarrassment to the Justice Department and Loretta Lynch and Sally Yates and all those clowns that ran the department at that point. When you put on top of that that they purposely did it so that she could be elected and Comey assisted in his own inane way by exonerating her and then reopening the investigation, then exonerating her again, you know, it's like a... Well, they, they, they think that Comey cost her the election. He may very well have. Mm-hmm. And isn't it wonderful? I mean, I, I wouldn't have voted for... I mean, it was t- choice. You know, it was a fairly <laughs> obvious choice. But here's, here's the thing. They were going to let her off no matter what. And then that would help her win. But, and remember... Everything that they were doing from that point on had to have her win. She had to win because if she won, no one would have ever found out. The IG never would have written that report that's being written now. So if she lost, they had to have a second plan, and that was to frame the president of the United States. And if anybody who is alert doesn't think that what has been shown and what will come out in the IG report shows a plot to frame the president of the United States – I, I, I don't know. They're just, they're purposely well, it ignoring the It sounds like a evidence. conspiracy theory, my friend. I mean, it, I mean, no, no, I mean, it's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy at all. It's a conspiracy is, to frame it, the it, president it, of the it United is, States. It is, it is a act. It's a conspiracy it's a concerted, to get Hillary. It's a concerted, no, because the word conspiracy is used by the left and the Washington Post and the New York Times to denigrate those who propound theories. I call it a theory of criminality. As I said, crime has a cadence. There's none in the Russian case, but in the in the. The case to get the president, there is a cadence that will not stop. It's like watching Russian soldiers march down Red Square. Well, you can hear the foot. They're going like that. It's called a cadence. And the cadence is a bunch of people tried to frame the president of the United States. And you know what? They're getting close to succeeding. All right. Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney, independent counsel, assistant U.S. attorney, a man who's been around this town Godson. for a long time, and somebody who we never have any 
problem figuring out where you were coming from. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us in Powerhouse My Politics. Pleasure. Appreciate Delighted it. to be here at ABC. Thank you. And that's it for this edition of Powerhouse Politics. We will be back next week.